You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. This portion of The John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Whether it's heating or cooling, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call them today at 401 351 7600. Listen, we still have a number of months ahead. You're going to need the heat. We don't know what's going to happen. March can still be chilly. April can still be obviously chilly. The heating season. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system. They're energy efficient, they're quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, carrier factory, authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 53 years, JKL's reputation, second to none. Technical expertise, customer satisfaction, JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. Call JKL Engineering today. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, for a heat pump. They're going to do it right. They're going to do it right the first time. And remember, with JKL Engineering, they'll keep it nice and cool in the summertime and nice and warm. In the wintertime, Central Air is a life changer. Central Air is a game changer. And right now, estimates are free. Financing is available. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. The original, the best, JKL Engineering. Call them, 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. Folks, it's John DePietro. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. Let's bring him on. He covers Rhode Island for, for the Boston Globe. He's Dan McGowan. Dan McGowan, let's start off. Um, I thought it was a little unusual yesterday that Mayor Alorza announced his own restrictions now for the city of Providence. The only reason I say that is because he it does go against the grain of the state and Rhode Island uh, in some ways, I think Governor Armando certainly has stepped up providing guidance and restrictions for the entire state. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on and you do have obviously a story on the Boston Globe. Mayor Lors announcing new restrictions for the city of Providence. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the I think you're right, John, the, the challenge with. The, you know, this idea, right, you see the federal government say, hey, we want to kick the, you know, rules and regulations to the states. And then oftentimes you see states, especially the bigger states, kind of say, we're going to kick this to, you know, the municipalities or the county level, things like that. The weird thing about Rhode Island, of course, is that when the governor is, is, you know, has sort of one agenda for the state, and then the mayor of the largest city where a big chunk of the population is, you know, goes even further, the, the number one thing it does is it confuses the heck out of everybody. Um, and I'll remind you, the, the mayor has done this fairly consistently 
uh, since the start of this pandemic. Yes. If you re- if you remember, the governor yeah. said, you know, 250 people uh, or more, you can't be around them. The mayor swooped in within 24 hours and said, no, it's 100 people. Right. That that set off this, you know, uh, domino effect of saying by by announcing the 100 people at the time, the mayor was effectively closing nightclubs. Uh, some larger, you know, busier restaurants, things like that. And then the governor had to come back and do it, you know, do do that again. Remember the the, the mall closing? That was the mayor's call, not the governor's call. Um, and and then this is one of those situations where I think the mayor was getting uh, a lot of feedback. Remember, a lot of the mayor, especially, and it doesn't matter if it's this mayor or any other mayor, they react a lot. Um, sort of emotionally to what uh, residents are sending in. Now, you know, I live up by Triggs Golf Course. I, pl- yep. I play golf at Triggs. And what you saw a lot of were people complaining both online and then sending them in of, oh my God, there are so many cars in the parking lot. Uh, and that did not necessarily mean people in the parking lot. You know how golf no. is. It spreads yes. spread out, all that kind of stuff. And I think the mayor thought, boy, I have to take action here uh, and he, he needed to do it in a way that it wasn't sort of singling anybody out. So if you say, you know, hey, I can't have you hanging out in India Point Park, then all the people over there would say, well, you have Triggs Golf Course open, or you have Roger Williams open. But to take the extreme measure of kind of bringing everybody and closing everything down, it really, I, it, it, I think it puts the governor in a tough spot because she's, she's taking all these questions about, is this the entire state? Uh, I think the average person doesn't necessarily know the difference between what the mayor says versus what the governor says. And so uh, at the very least, I think it's been very confusing uh, for the last 24 hours. I think I completely agree, Dan McGowan. And on top of that, it's one thing when you have Governor Andrew Cuomo and the state of New York is Albany and Buffalo and Rochester. and, And then you have Mayor de Blasio of New York City. It's kind of its own entity. But The situation in Providence, for instance, so Blackstone Boulevard that has that beautiful path in the middle where you can walk or or run, that is closed. But you could just walk down the sidewalk, sidewalk, excuse me, on Blackstone Boulevard. So was it necessary also to take down the backboards from the city basketball courts that apparently that has also happened? Yeah, I mean, you know, that to me strikes me as – on one hand, if you're if you're the mayor, you say, look, we're, we know this is our statement. We're really trying to show you how serious we are. On the other hand, I think to you and I, it very much looks like sort of a, hey, this is the visual that the cameras, the television cameras are going to pay attention to. Uh, it's a little bit of a, 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 whether it's an overreach or not, that's not for me to decide, but it's certainly the the visual of I was in Gano Street Park yesterday and you you look at the rims being down that visual is one that I think the the mayor wanted to uh, wanted that to be seen by the public wanted that to be seen on television um, is it necessary I don't know I mean I drove through uh, Davis Park down down there off of Chalkstone Avenue just a couple of days ago and sure enough you did see a lot of people playing hoops. Um, and so, you know, is it better to just take everything down? I don't know. I'm a little worried. I hate to make this joke. I'm a little worried about where all this equipment's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what's going to happen. You know, are you going to be able to get it up in time, uh, you know, when these restrictions end? So I think that was very much a, a little bit of a kind of a publicity grab. 
Yeah. And on top of that, Dan McGowan, I mean, as someone that lifelong basketball player, many times it's relaxing to just, you know, it's if one player That's could right. go and shoot and then you're not around anyone else. And the problem also that I think Mayor Lors and I want to touch on is um, it, as far as Providence is small, that all you're really doing is if you live in Providence and you were playing at Triggs, which you could socially distance and do, you would just go play somewhere right. else. Or if you live in Providence and you can't play basketball there, then you can go somewhere else. Had, did he have any indication of what if Mayor Fung set up his own guidelines and what if Mayor Lombardi set up his own guidelines in North Providence? The problem with this is none of the other mayors are following suit with this. And and, and is this, I mean, were they struggling on this? Or I, I The governor was kind at her press briefing towards Mayor Lorza, but it just, it seemed out of step with the way the rest of the state has really kind of taken a step back and let Governor Raimondo take the lead on this whole situation. Well, in, in, in the, remember, with the governor, you hear the governor say this almost every day during her daily press conference. She says, you know, we're doing this incrementally, right? It's why right. she hasn't canceled school for the rest of the year yet. It's why she hasn't uh, you know, you know, said, look, no restaurants until August, right? Things like that. She's she's really trying to do this, you know, a couple of weeks at a time. You know, you give people a little bit of hope. You know, if you're a small business owner, you're you're on the fence about whether or not to just close down altogether. Well, if I get a couple extra weeks, maybe I can get a loan, things like that. You you know, you, you do this incrementally. The mayor, this was a, you know, <clears throat> this was chopping the head off, right? This was a major, major move. Um and to say, you know, this is indefinite, we don't know, you know, they're saying May 8th now, just like the, the governor on a lot of things, but <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, you know, what, what I think he did uh, struggle with making this decision uh, in part because of who he is, right? He's a runner. He's a guy who likes to be outdoors, that sort of thing. But I think they um, they, they wanted to make it very clear that they're not going to be okay with, you know, uh, uh, the calls that they're getting when it comes to, you heard Commissioner Perry, he said, I think he got 12 calls in a day about different parks where, where too many people were. So I think they're, they're trying to, you know, take that swift action, but, you know, it, it, it really is strange. And you're right. I mean, that New York comparison you used was really important, right? The, the challenge with Providence is because so much of the activity that happens here um, is in Providence. You, 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 you again, give that sort of false sense. I mean, I, I think that people who are, you know, watching the governor daily on TV probably uh, would assume that they very many of them think, well, if the mayor said it and he is in Providence and the governor's press conference is in Providence and the state house is in Providence, that means you know, my parks are, are completely closed or my golf course is completely closed. So I think it does send that that difficult message. I don't envy any of these guys, any of the mayors at, at this time, but it is it is a strange thing for the mayor to step out ahead. Um, I suppose there's a chance that the governor could always just follow through and, and, and you know, do the same thing statewide, but she doesn't seem to want to make that move just yet. I agree. Now, folks, coming up again, it's uh, John DePietro with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. We are going to talk about, obviously, the governor and then some other changes in the testing. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. Call them today, 508 336 
7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local aka sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400, 294-2400, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Remember, for your business, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. With us is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, let's talk about the governor. Governor Raimondo, uh, this certainly has been uh, her moment she got out early on this she has been rewarded with a uh, at least one poll that shows her at a 76 percent approval rating a big part of uh the governor and what really thrust her into the limelight was this little battle with cuomo but i'm curious to hear your thought on they did make some adjustments they at least do identify the questioner but more importantly uh, starting this week the Ramundo people immediately following her daily briefing she is having a 15 minute call in back and forth with the media that can do follow-ups there's no new information it's that that's what they say but many times new information comes from the follow-ups now uh it's only been two days i was on the first one it was kind of like a free-for-all it was um it even goes beyond a white house press briefing where everyone's trying to talk and grab at once and everyone was kind of stepping on each other but i'm curious as a journalist and a reporter so far two days in do you feel that they are providing more information and has this been a useful tool the extra 15 minutes follow-up questions from so i would say it has been a useful tool uh i'm as a reporter appreciative of it that being said it is not good enough by any means uh you and i are on the same page in this i tend to think that that reporters should be at least a handful at, at the very least a handful of reporters should be allowed in the room 
for an extended period of time. You know, one of the things you see on, on these calls, and John, you've been listening in on it, is you get a lot of, you know, you get a lot of reporters who, God bless them, are, you know, uh, whether it's they're, they're bloggers or have very, very small audiences. And I think sometimes it, yeah. it sort of steps on the reporters who are going to have a broad audience. Now, that's, that, that's a yes. little bit of inside baseball stuff, but you know it is a real, you know, it is a real challenge. Um, I think the governor made it, did make a smart call. Look, these guys, the governor's office in particular, I think that they are, and I think this comes right from the top. They're, the governor can be uh, very sort of immovable when it comes to, you know, once I make a decision, I don't want to change. And I think that for a week more, or more, probably two weeks, you know, you and I would talk and, and, and be pretty critical of the decision to not let reporters ask follow-up questions. Um, you know, late last week, I know some of the, the major news outlets, kind of the heads of everyone got together, sent a message to the governor to say, hey, you got to do something. You got to change this up. Um, I, I think I think the governor didn't want to. I think the governor's office didn't want to. I think they thought they were making the right decision and they didn't want to look like they were bending. But it was a good decision. Uh, it does help us clarify on, on things. Um, the governor uh, has, proves once again, I mean, I know a lot of people say boy it just proves she didn't she didn't want to take the heat from the reporters and you and i have talked about this the governor's a road scholar she can handle a, a, like cranky reporters asking questions right uh, i think she's proven that in the last two days on these things she can handle you know the tough question from one of us or from a bunch of us um so i i think it was a misstep to to kind of cut that out in the first place but i am hopeful that sooner than later we'll be able to extend this even more and potentially get reporters back in the room because that's where again the most important information actually comes out there is and as much as this is inside baseball i'm going to say something that that you won't uh but and i don't mean that in a bad way but if you people should know when you watch the white house press briefing which more people are watching and people are fascinated by it and, and in some ways, that's positive of the White House. Many times that the president, President Trump is berating a reporter <laughs> like he did Jonathan Carl, it's not good. But uh, as someone that's been there, they're, yeah, they're basically priority type seating. You see John Roberts of Fox is given one of the first two or three seats. Jonathan Carl, the New York Times, the Washington Post. And many times, for those who really watch it, if there's a reporter towards the back, that's then that's kind that's of like right. second tier. and There's nothing wrong with it. But the president will even ask, what, what organization are you from? Because obviously he doesn't recognize the face. I will say I would have no problem. And, and listen, our news coverage here, as much as everyone has their own uh, corners and people offer different things, it, it, it should be prioritized. Um, and even the submitting of the questions, they're trying to do it and trying to be fair. However, you know, the first question is always by a very yep. left-leaning blog type person. And then there's one television station, good to, for them, your former uh, Channel 12. They, they, they flood the zone. Yep. And many times there are three, they flood the zone. The question's from Steph Machado, then it's from Kim Colonian, then it's from Alexandra Leslie. And I'm thinking, all right, good for Channel 12, but everyone else is a little behind. Uh, I think, though, Dan McGowan, right now, I think this is the best that the media is going to get. The information is getting out there. But one thing I would argue is, um, I, I, I don't think, and you are seeing this though, and I'll be curious if this comes out today. We are seeing in different cities, especially in Detroit and other large cities, there's a disproportionate amount of minorities that are being infected and, and cause of death. And I, I would just question, 
whether or not the Raimundo administration, if they are really doing enough to reach out to some of these communities in Rhode Island that have larger minority well, it's a, populations. It's a really good question. If you've noticed the governor the last few days, uh, and you've covered this far more than me, John, but you know that the governor has always been uh, somewhat wishy-washy when it comes to the undocumented community. She, she likes to say, yes. you know, we're fully supportive. That's the Democratic line. But she doesn't put her neck out there, right? She never followed through on, on driver's licenses, which, again, I think a lot of people out there would say, good, good for her for, for towing the line there. Um, but, you know, she has been direct, look into the camera, I think three days in a row now, saying to people, particularly the undocumented or the Latino community, don't be afraid of coming to, you know, the, the drive up testing. Don't worry. You know, no one's going to deport you. No one's going to take you away for any of these things. Um, and, and I think that shows you they are concerned about this because you're right. You're seeing this in Detroit. You're seeing it a little bit. My colleagues in Boston have been covering this a little bit. Um, what's interesting in, in, in Rhode Island is, you know, not that, that Providence is not the only place, of course, that has, you know, a, a large number of minorities, but Providence is, it, it, while it's the highest number of cases, it's still not the, the you know, per capita, it's by, by no means the largest North Providence would, would of course be. Um, and, and I think that is in part because you're probably not seeing as many people tested in Providence as you might be in, in other places. You have access to a car in the suburbs. Yes. You know, there's lots of reasons you, you have actually a primary care provider who can tell you to go. But if you're, you know, just living on the, 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 let's say the south side of Providence, you may not necessarily have those resources. And so then you may not be tested, which then, of course, means, uh, uh, you know, that, that potentially you're, you're sick without telling anybody or, or without us knowing about it. Folks, it's Sean DePietro speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And uh, Dan, touch on the Boston Globe has a great story. Family run nursing home. An invisible enemy is killing residents and infecting staff. Yeah, this is that that golden crest in in North Providence, and Ed Fitzpatrick did this story. I mean, you know, we're seeing, you know, there's been 30 deaths in the state as of today or as of Tuesday, um, and uh, 10 of them, a third of them, have come from the Golden Crest Center. Now, obviously, small number, so you know, it's hard to say a third is is technically true, but uh, it's clear. I mean, what you're what you're seeing there, what you're seeing at uh, Oak Hill. Uh, in Pawtucket is, is, you know, kind of widespread. And remember, you know, when this all first started, when, when Rhode Island had that, the first case with St. Ray's, if you looked, the only place to really look at this problem in the United States was all the way across the country in, in Washington. And Washington's big outbreak came from the nursing centers, right? Because you're, you're, cl- right. you're in close proximity. People are already probably not in great health. Um, and it's one of the reasons the governor uh, uh, took a pretty, took pretty swift action and, in fact, took much, uh, I think, stronger action than in, in other parts of the country by saying no visitors. I don't care what the excuse is. You cannot have visitors. But you're even seeing, even with those tight restrictions, boy, I mean, you have more than 70 cases now between healthcare workers um, and actual uh, residents of that, that Golden Crest. And so, you know, Ed talked to the, the owners. This is a family-owned, you know, company been around 50, 60 years, something like that. Uh, and, 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 you know, they're, they're shook by this, right? They're, they're shaken by this. It's, it's hard to, to – you don't anticipate this kind of thing. You anticipate, you know, 
God, uh, 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 you know, uh, maybe a little bit of a flu outbreak or, or something. And that's a crisis. This is, you know, is, is completely unheard of. It, it reminds you a little bit of that terrible story out in Holyoke. Um, now that's a different, a little bit different, but you know, you've seen now, I think 25, 26 people, veterans die uh, from an outbreak that was kind of kept under wraps and kind of kept out of uh, Governor Baker's mind out there. Um, and you, you just see how fast this can spread when it's an elderly population, an already vulnerable population. Um, uh, this really can take its toll. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Coming up, he did go inside a makeshift hospital and more of his thoughts. The coverage of the Globe has been fantastic. It all continues right here on the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation, but instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up. Tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brothers Disposal today. 401-688-0517. Free estimate. 401-688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal. And let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is sparked by Henry Oil. Since 1947, what a Rhode Island success story. Folks, call them today, 401-521-0200, Henry Oil. It's Carmine, it's Lori. As I said, since 1947, full-service fuel company, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, 24-hour burner service, for contracted regular customers, they have oil burner service and installation, automatic delivery, budget plans, lock and cap pricing, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 521 0200, 401 
521-0200, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery. It's Henry Oil, residential and commercial fuel oil delivery. Go with a local company that you can support and depend on. Henry Oil in 1947. It was Carmine Henry DeSanto delivered that fuel oil with a single truck operation from his gas station on Manton Avenue in Providence. And now the tradition continues. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery serving Rhode Island and parts of Mass since 1947. Call my friends at Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. You can also, as I mentioned, check out their website. It's henryoil.com, henryoil.com. Take advantage of the lock and cap pricing or the oil burner service and installation or their automatic delivery or their budget plans. Full service fuel company that you can depend on, Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 521 Henry Oil, 401 521 online at henryoil.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. With me is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, you have a very interesting story inside a makeshift hospital that will house hundreds of Rhode Island coronavirus patients. I know exactly where this is, right in the uh, vacant Lowe's building in North Kingstown. Must have been very eerie. The photo is tremendous inside there. Take yeah, us through the story. Yeah, eerie is the best word for it, John. You walk into this place, and, and anyone out there, I mean, this was exactly, most people are going to know it. You remember the old Lowe's. Uh, and, and imagine, you know, the Lowe's in Min- on Mineral Spring Ave or, or anywhere else in the city just uh, or in the state. Just imagine a completely empty building. So all the products out and a completely empty building. And in this case, you walk in and they hadn't they, they haven't yet set the entire thing up. So they had uh, I want to say maybe 48 um, uh, beds kind of set up and you look and. Boy, you know they're they're going to have a little bit more. If you, if you look at the picture that that I that I took there, you know they're going to have a wall inserted and they're going to have more, um, uh, you know, curtains, things like that. But boy, it, it, it reminds you. And I said this to the folks there. Uh, you know, it, it does remind you of of you know a wartime kind of situation of you know beds that are not hospital beds. They're 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 cots, right? They're not not exactly comfortable. Uh, they they were telling me that the the guys that, that showed me around remember this is uniform people in the national guard uh you know the emergency management agency kind of showing you what things are going to look like they said i asked you know i know people that are if you're healthy enough uh, uh and you're and you're staying at a hospital you know you you get antsy you want to go for a walk you want to be able to yes. you know at least have a little bit of freedom and they said really it's not, you're not going to be able to do that you're kind of going to be you know in your bed in your little uh, you know, smaller than a dorm room type uh, uh, setting for, for, you know, a couple of days. Now, these makeshift hospitals, remember, they're going to be, there's this one in Quonset, the old Lowe's, there's going to be the convention center uh, in Providence, and then you're going to have the old Citizens Bank building um, out there in, in Cranston. And these are going to be for exclusively coronavirus patients and exclusively folks who are um, on the who, who need to be hospitalized but are not in intensive care. So what you're going to have is a lot of people who I think are going to get pretty restless but are going to need, you know, they're going to need an IV. They're going to need oxygen. They're going to need maybe daily medicine, things like that. But you think about this, what, what really struck me, John, when I walked into this room 
and and you know you saw again the the, the setup for now. And you think this entire space, this entire old Lowe's is going to be completely filled with, uh, you know, with beds and the, by every projection, you know, will, these things will actually be used, right? It's not, this is not hypothetical uh, at this point anymore. It is, it's a, it's a really kind of eerie type of situation. Uh, and you think about it in three different parts of the state on top of, you know, the hospitals being filled up. Now, Dan McGowan, today is Wednesday, April 8th, Passover. When, when do you think, do you have any indication from them when they think that a facility like that might begin well, so to be utilized? Well, so very good question. So they think they're going to be set up by uh, April 18th, April 20th in that range. The question then becomes, when does it start to, when do they actually start to accept patients? So what I was told is the, the hospitals need to be about 80% capacity they're not there yet. They're much, much lower than that. I don't have exact figure, but I know it's much lower, at least right now. One of the things, and this goes back to that governor's call the other day, it was really important that, that you asked, or I asked her actually, about these, these projections from the University of Washington. You remember, you and I, you and I talked last week yes. about this, and I think you were the one highlighting it, that they had changed a great deal. At the time, last week, it was uh, you know, at peak or, or after the peak, you know, 265 or so, 260 deaths. Um, and the numbers were dramatically re- revised to, you know, close to a thousand people potentially dying and then thousands of people needing hospital services. Um, and the governor said the other day on that conference call, she said, yes, those are more in line with the numbers that we're thinking. Uh, the original projection was really low. She said it was, you know, reliant on uh, uh, restrictions being taken to look like uh, Wuhan, China. And she even said, I, I don't think that would actually even be legal. Some of the things that, that, that they did, I don't even think we'd be able to do that. And so I think they're, they're thinking the end of the month, we'll, we'll see that, that peak. I would imagine by the end of the month, you'll start to see more people in those facilities. Uh, and it just, it, it's amazing to think that, you know, we're, you and I are talking on a Wednesday two weeks ago, there were about 15 people hospitalized with the coronavirus. Today, we're talking 123. And two weeks from now, we could be talking, you know, more than a thousand potentially, uh, which is just, uh, it's an incredibly scary thing. Dan McGowan, also, uh, if you would just touch on, I think Ed Fitzpatrick has a, a very good piece, uh, and he is a very well-known runner, but climbing the hill and climbing the curve. I thought that's a it's a really uh, well written. Yeah, and certainly the, the most Boston actually, Ed and Amanda are both runners of the three Rhode Island Bureau. I'm the drinker, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, big hmm. runner, and he wrote a nice, a, kind of a nice, sort of thoughtful first person kind of reaction to you know you, you, the, there's a hill, particularly in, in in Providence called Jenks Hill, and uh, it's you know one of the steepest hills uh, in, in the state, and it's very hard to run. And he sort of just ma- managed to make that comparison between running that hill and what it's like to, uh, you know, to be dealing with this coronavirus. And, you know, of course, the end result is if you're a runner, you know, if you fight through it, you know, you do get to the other end, you feel pretty good about yourself. But it's really hard when you're really at the beginning in many ways of, of that hill to, to, to see yourself getting through it. And, you know, one of the things I, I like that Ed wrote about this is, uh, and you and I have talked a little bit about it, but John, and th- this goes for you as, as well as me and certainly every reporter out there, the amount of time and effort, you know, we don't want anyone to cry for us, but the amount of work that's being put in 
to this by reporters. Um, it, this schedule is insane, as, as you know. And, uh, and I think we're all sort of trying to hope for some sort of finish line, but it doesn't feel like it's ever getting any easier. And, and it, it is. It's, it's a lot of work to be done. We, we enjoy it. We're all happy to be employed and all that. But uh, it is really taking its toll on, on this and all reporters, I think, across the country. Well, and the, the briefings are seven days a week and the story is still very fluid. And as much as it's it's not as hour to hour as it was maybe a week ago, if you're covering it nationally, it can be. And even, you know, each day does bring, you know, uh, dramatic new headlines with the yeah. Twin River testing uh, on Monday suddenly to mayoral lords are announcing that. Who knows what happens now? You have Boston is under curfew and the Globe has gate. great coverage on that. I'll leave it at this, that, that there are things that we had heard about in other countries. The Boston Globe has a great piece. Uh, Who gets a ventilator? Gut-wrenching state guidelines issued on rationing, uh, uh, ra- ration of equipment. And that is something you had heard about, Dan McGowan. But I, I just that starts to go outside the realm of what I think people ever thought they would see as far as healthcare decisions. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, right, right now, a lot of the talk, and, and for the last several weeks, a lot of the talk has been, boy, what if there aren't enough masks, right? And I think that is, of course, a really important story. And, you know, the federal government and the state government and everybody needed to work hard to, to kind of take care of that. But I, I think if you if you looked at this sort of realistically, um, and, and maybe a step removed from the front lines, you would say, all right, well, clearly there will end up being enough masks, right? Clearly there, you know, the, you can certainly build enough of these things and, or, you know, uh, and, and it will be, you could see a, a reasonable sort of endpoint. The idea of ventilators, which literally can, can be, you know, life or death for people being rationed, right? Um, you, you heard about that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think the New York Times and their podcast did a uh, a story about a doctor uh, in Italy who was saying, yes, like we had to literally make the choice uh, for who gets to who gets to live and who gets to die. Uh, you're right. It is it is right out of a, you know, a, a terrible movie. It feels like uh, hopefully it never gets to that point in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, but, you know, the, the, this is why the governor and everybody, the health professionals all say, you know, the more you kind of stay inside now and take care of yourself now, you know, again, it's not going to lower the number of overall cases necessarily. It's just going to push it out more. And, you know, in New York, you're, you are seeing the problem with ventilators. And that's because they're really, you know, right in the midst of the peak, um, uh, you know, maybe a week away, I think they say. So uh, this it, it is it's, it's just a, a scary, scary time. You can't really imagine it. And I think you still can't completely fascinated but the fact that massachusetts you're seeing guidelines start to get issued you're gonna start to see that here i would imagine um it is it, it you know it really does i mean everybody keeps comparing it to a war it really is like a war that's being fought right in front of us folks each day i start uh, my day with a nice free email from dan mcgowan and roadmap you can also get one Dan, tell yeah, people so how every single morning, right before 8 a.m., you're going to get uh, a little bit of new reporting today. We have some key stats on, on what kids are going through right now. Uh, but, you know, lots of the coronavirus stuff. In fact, you also get an afternoon email from me. And, and That's so, right. The afternoon uh, edition. Just send a blank email to rinews at globe.com. Rinews at globe.com. You'll start getting it tomorrow. It's free, like John said. 
Um, and uh, yeah, you, you'll, you'll start getting it. It comes every weekday, twice now, every single day. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Wow. It puts together a lot of the stories. It helps you kind of guide you through this crisis uh, that we're all sort of fighting through. <clears throat> Folks, he is Dan McGowan of the Boston Thanks Globe. So much, Dan, great job. One. We'll talk to you again. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online. They have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor at Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025, Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line, Lawn Doctor. Go online, check them out. It's LawnDoctor.com or call them today, 401 401- 392-1025. Lawn Doctor. Hi, I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in store lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over, your bad water quality won't be, and neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company. Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this? Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, Bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.